1: This is Beth Center on v the sports betting network. Welcome back in. It is Bet Center, our fourth and final hour live from downtown Las Vegas, our Circus Sportsbook Studios. As the night comes to an end, two more conference tournament champions to be decided tonight, five more tomorrow as we get into our previews for the Sunday action. Back alongside Jeff Parles, had a successful night for the old betting portfolio. Not bad. Couple of bets still live. Uh, ben Wilson with you. Looks like we will get there. Jeff, New Mexico state. They, uh, they've started to take out uh, their starters up 15 with 90 seconds left. So New Mexico state going to coast here is a closing five and a half point favorite 64 49 right now, 133 to go on Abilene Christian. And it is the Aggies likely a 14 seed who will win the WAC tournament. That will be uh, for the fourth time in five years, Jeff in their 10th straight appearance in the WAC tournament title game. It was grand Canyon who snapped their streak last year. Aggies of New Mexico State going to get the job done uh, tonight, Jeff. And in the end, Abilene Christian runs out of gas. Fourth game in four days. Very impressive performance, even in a game for New Mexico State where Teddy Allen, whack Player of the Year, was just two of eight from the field.
0: Good teams find ways, right? That is true. I mean, they're, they're again, it, they're going to be a 14, maybe even a 13, but that they're a good basketball team, and they have been all year. And uh, Chris Christian's really done a really good job there in Las Cruces now over a few years. Kind of surprised that he hasn't Left for a, a quote-unquote better job at this rate, Ben.
1: There, there was an off-the-court scandal when he was at Bowling Green. That yeah. might have a reason to, to, for that to be the case. But yes, he is one of the highest active uh, active head coach winning percentages. I mean, over 75 percent. And his time in Las Cruces, he's now 10 and one in WAC tournament games. I'd say that's pretty good in, in his time at New Mexico I, I State. I mean,
0: I mean, if there was a tournament in 2020, they would have made. They yes.
1: would have probably steamrolled
0: through the WAC that year. Last year they lost in the conference final to a good to a Grand Canyon team that was quite good last year. Look at it, potentially four out of five conference championships. That's a pretty darn good job there.
1: Pretty granted. The, pretty darn granted,
0: the conference is significantly better today
1: than it was when yes, it got there. But st- I mean, still, yeah, it, uh, impressive showing. As yeah, the the scrubs are in now. So the Mexico State going to win. This is also going to come way under. This thing got bet down from one thirty nine to one thirty five and a half, and we're we're at one sixteen. First and second halfs going to go well under their respective totals. Only other game to update you on right now. You're off to a good start at the Dollar Loan Center in Henderson, Nevada, a few miles away from us. Long Beach 17, Cal State Fullerton 12. The beach closed one and a half or two point dogs. They've got the early lead here. Nine fifteen to go in the first half, and now a four and a half point live. Yeah, favorite. a little
0: bit surprised that Long Beach was, as we said, it, it was a dog here. I, I understood why they were the underdog yesterday against UC Santa Barbara. I thought the winner. I thought the winner of that Irvine Santa Barbara game, even though they were a the four five, I did think the winner of that game was going to end up coming out of this conference. With if Long Beach upset them, that they would end up winning the conference. And so far, they have controlled against the Titans of uh, of the uh, of Fullerton so far. Uh, just down the uh, just down uh, fifteen, and then two fifteen from yeah, us. There, it but.
1: seems like they've got the ref thing figured out too. There was a ref who appeared to strained a okay. hamstring, but apparently we're good. Okay, so don't don't uh, worry about that. Uh, we still have five games tomorrow. We give, gave you our thoughts uh, before our last break on Iowa and Purdue. That'll be the Big Ten title game, and that is the final game before the selection committee will release its field of 68. Still four games before that. We've Today throughout the show, Jeff talked a mix of large conferences, small conferences, and one conference that used to never have a, a tournament, but it just added it within the last few years. Only four teams make the Ivy League's tournament in a league where one team, Princeton, has been the dominant force in that conference this year but tomorrow Yale takes on Princeton it is at a neutral site uh, for a trip to the NCAA tournament here at Harvard at Harvard yeah, that's correct Cambridge tomorrow. so Princeton laying I'm seeing three market-wide 142 or 142 and a half or 143 uh, is our total consider that uh, Princeton was about a minus 110 standard favor just to win this tournament only four teams in how they took care of business earlier today against Cornell.
0: Yeah, that was a little bit harder than it needed to be for Princeton. They're up 17 in the first half. They actually ended up needing a bucket late to take the lead. They got a stop made two free throws, end up winning by four against the Big Red. Uh, Cornell, excuse me, not Cornell, Yale today against Penn. That was almost a bet on Penn today for me, and thank goodness I didn't bet it because that would have been a loss for me because Yale covered all numbers. Three is right. I would only lay with Princeton, probably actually just lay money line with Princeton instead of just laying the 3. These two teams split in the regular season. The one thing I will tell you, Ben, the pace was significantly faster in the two games these two teams played than basically any other game Princeton played all year. Mm. So it was played at a quicker tempo, played more at Yale's tempo. The game in uh actually the road team won both of these games. The game at Princeton, Yale won by 6. The game in uh the game at Yale one by six by Princeton. So they are dead even so yeah. far well, this year that, in the two matches. The
1: only other game that was was higher was their loss at Cornell. And and right. they did just play Cornell. That was sort of an awkward matchup for them. They won by four, as you mentioned, after the big lead. Did not cover that six-point line uh, tomorrow. So, the And it projects as though, especially if Princeton were to hold, they're right on the edge of the Kent Palm top 100, Jeff. But they're respectable, at least in the bracket town. It could be a 13 seed. and It could, could be one of those... Illinois, Providence type teams that uh, that get drawn.
0: The one problem that Princeton is going to have: they are great offensively, top thirty Ken Palm offense. They are horrible defensively, which is very yeah. rare because uh, Mitch Henderson kind of has induced this style where big time offense first, which is just rare for a Princeton team. We always think, of course, Carill and the the slow tempo and the back doors, and playing good defense to stay in games. Ninety six Princeton but, UCLA, but yeah. but uh, but look, uh, it is. It is a new age there in Princeton, and look, they're very good. I they will be a sexy pick against the number, and I don't think they have the defense to realistically play against a, a four. Regardless if it's Prince, uh, if it's Providence that everyone seems to hate this year, whether it's Illinois, who I'm not sure how good that team truly is, if it's UCLA, the UCLA will. UCLA will take them out of the game offensively, and UCLA will yeah, destroy well, them.
1: Princeton, six in the country in three-point yeah. percentage, so a matchup against a team like UCLA would yeah, not look, be fun. Yeah, it would not be great.
0: But uh, look, uh, I, I would take my chances with Princeton against Wisconsin. In all honesty, if that <laughs> would the matchup. I would take my chances there. Like they so, don't
1: force turnovers. That's the other thing. I yeah. mean, they're one of the bottom 30 team in the country forcing. Now they're turnovers. terrible defensively. They're great yeah.
0: offense. They're top 15 in both three and two-point. Efficiency.
1: Yeah. And like they, they have don't have top team. 10 in limiting their own offensive turnover. So yeah, it's, that will be a fascinating matchup. And uh, we've seen, they played some very high scoring games. They beat South Carolina on a neutral and, floor, lost to Minnesota in double overtime earlier. So they played some power five teams.
0: And I will say this, if Yale wins, we have seen Yale in the past win. Well, of course they famously beat Baylor. They Yale co- money line, 2015, they, they, they covered against LSU in 2019. This is not... They, they would have been in the... They would have number one seed in the Yale tournament that got... Or excuse me, the Ivy tournament that got canceled in 2020. they This team is not made for it. This team's not made for it if they pull the upset tomorrow. They'll probably be a 14 as opposed to a 13 like Princeton would be. Maybe even a 15. Uh, they they, uh, they have played better teams this year, and they got pummeled by Seton Hall. They lost to Vermont. They got pummeled by Auburn. They got pummeled by Iona. And they got pummeled by St. Mary's. So, this is not... If it's Yale tomorrow upsetting Princeton, that's not a team you're really looking at. I bet, I bet on.
1: on Yale each of those two previous uh, tournaments. Yeah, um, oh, those teams were great better times.
0: Than those teams were better than this one.
1: The numbers would support yeah. everything that you're I, saying. I
0: mean, the team in 2019 that
1: only was playing in the NBA now—that that is also true. At 14 uh, seed back then, as we remember, taking on um, LSU. So before we get to the rest of the of the games for tomorrow, still three for us to preview. Need your thoughts on a. Talk about LSU—a situation that we have not seen very often, which is the coach uh, being fired in the middle of the season yeah. <laughs> of a team that is playing in the NCAA tournament. I mean, the last one I can really—we've had examples, Jeff. Just off the top of my head, I mean, I think you remember the the Calvin Sampson era ending at at, at Indiana, where that team played in the NCAA tournament with with an interim head coach and got absolutely uh, destroyed. There have been other circumstances, but what do you make of LSU now going forward? Again, as we we preemptively say with all of these discussions, depends on the matchup. But for a team that's going to be, I mean, guys comfortably in as a six or a seven seed, but with the allegations filed by the NCAA, a lot of those you can look them up. As, as some of these have become public, uh, pre- they're pretty damning. It's, it's extremely damning on, <laughs> on Will Wade. He, so and when and as evidenced by the fact that they can in a, can him before their tournament run was yeah. to begin tells you all you need to know about the severity of these allegations and and the validity behind them. So no will wait for this tournament. What do you make now of LSU here? Uh, A
0: a cop-out answer. I mean, it depends on who they draw. I mean, it really depends on who they draw because I can't blindly... Like, here's the thing. If you give me Loyola Chicago against LSU, you bet that I'm betting on Loyola in that game. Like, there are a bunch of teams, because LSU, I think, is a six. I think that's about right. There are a bunch of teams that could be on the the 11 line is a tricky one because you could end up with very good mid major champion Loyola, where that would be a really just a, a kind of unfair to a team like Loyola, and it'd also be unfair to LSU because you get a team that realistically, if they are in a real in a better conference than they were, maybe maybe even on the same six line as LSU, that's a pretty tough draw. You could also get a team that plays in Dayton, which means you're getting a mediocre Power Five team which would be a great draw for LSU cuz they're much more talented than the mediocre power fives. Or you again there, there are it's it's very complicated cuz of the way the 11 the, the 11 and the 12 seats work because getting the you're actually almost better off getting the teams in Dayton. Oh, 100 As the 6 as opposed to the good mid-major champion. So yeah. we'll see what we'll see what LSU draws tomorrow.
1: Well, Lenardi coming in today had Indiana as the LSU matchup would be
0: very interesting. Now that would be a fascinating game that I have no idea how I would bet. That would be a fascinating game if that was the matchup. I don't know
1: how I would bet that either. That's a... Yeah, that's File that one away if if it is due. Yeah,
0: I actually think Indiana – I know Indiana was on the bubble and rightly so going into this. I actually think the Indiana team we saw in Indianapolis this week is closer to what Indiana is than as opposed to what we saw. So you're you're buying, if anything, on them with the late surge? Look, I think if they're a a 10 seed and they draw a a mediocre 7, which there will inevitably be a 10 seed that's like a 3-point favorite over a 7 seed, yeah, why not?
1: Why not? Hey. We'll see. Again, we're just hours away from, uh, from our Selection Sunday coverage beginning. We're past midnight on the East Coast, so it is a Selection Sunday for some of you. We still have a few games for tomorrow, though, still to get to, as our final bids will be handed out in one game to update you. Long Beach on top of Fullerton by now. We'll give you the live odds on that. On the other side, it's our final hour here on and Bet Center. Is Beth Center on VCEN, the Sports Betting Network. Get everything you need to bet the Madness this year with 24-7 streaming, daily best bet emails, and our tournament betting guide, including advice, data, and strategy for only $19. Whether you're filling out a bracket or betting against the spread, our team is here to get you ready for every game and every round of the tournament. Get analysis from our experts, including Greg Hoops-Peterson, Matt Eumann, Jonathan Vontobel, and Tim Murray. They have insights on every key team, conference, and player to watch, from the favorites to the potential Cinderella's. Sign up today to get the betting guides, plus full access to v through April 5th for only $19 at v Slash we have our guy Greg Peterson coming up. It is the Greg Peterson experience in about 45 minutes. We're here to close out our show, v Bet Center, with Jeff Parles. I'm Ben Wilson. Another team has officially, Jeff, punched its ticket the big dance. New Mexico State, it is a final as the Aggies beat Abilene Christian in the WAC tournament final. 66 52, covering the five and a half point number, stays under 135 and a half. Only game left tonight in the Big West. Jeff riding with the beach. Long Beach State up uh, now 29 15. Jeff, they have really uh, pulled away in this first half, just under five to go in the first half. Currently a 10 and a half point live favorite, and they're doing it despite not that efficient shooting from, uh, from the field in general. Only 44% from the field, four of 11 from three, but uh, they have forced eight turnovers already out of the Cal State Fullerton Titans.
0: they're just playing great defense. I mean, that's what it comes down to, Ben. And and, and look, this was, we've talked about it earlier, this was the, one of the weirder conference futures odds where mm-hmm. the four and the five seed, uh, Santa Barbara and Irvine, were your pre-tournament favorites, and I think properly so. But look, good on Long Beach State so far. Plenty of game left for the Titans to get back into Fullerton, but we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll see. I, uh, I'm not going to count my
1: chickens too early. Oh, uh, it is early. You don't want to do. You don't want to be counting chickens too early. There, uh, there, Jeff. We know what could happen in March. Things can. Certain things can. Happen. Jeff is, you know, the Northern you know, Iowa you know, ticket. You know,
0: it's it, it it it's it's more. It's like what is that? It's five, six years ago now. Yes, Northern six Iowa, go- Texas A and M, and Round the, the, Two. The, the Northern Iowa blows an 11 point lead in the last 50 seconds of regulation. After beating Texas on the
1: Jasper's, that yeah. grave. just there's wow. always an example you can you can go back to is our is our point, and we'll see what else we like on the card tomorrow, Jeff, because we've discussed Yale Princeton. That is the first one tomorrow, noon Eastern, in the Ivy League. Uh, with uh, we, we we both thinking that uh, that number of Princeton minus three is the correct number. Although just while we're discussing this, South Point has gone to Princeton minus three and a half tomorrow in the Ivy League Championship. We've discussed the last game. Before the brackets are released, Iowa Purdue in the Big Ten tournament title in Indianapolis, where Purdue's been bet up already from minus one, one and a half to minus three at most shops with the 148, 148 and a half your current total. Uh, How about the A-10 tournament championship, Jeff, where this this is one that the bubble teams will be paying very close attention to as six seeded Richmond has found their way into the A-10 tournament title game against uh, the top seed here, Davidson who was prohibited favorite to come out of this kind uh, of this conference safely in the dance right now. Davidson, a, a three-and-a-half, four-point favorite, Jeff, as we get ready for tomorrow there in D.C. Yeah, I hope for my sanity that Davidson finds a way to win this game tomorrow, <laughs> in all honesty. That is a good way to put it. Oh, yeah.
0: I, I look, I, I, Richmond has totally obliterated me this tournament because I had VCU last night. They mm. lose outright. Had a VCU in the second half. Can't even get there on that. At Dayton, the wrap out a moneyline parlay today. Oh, Dayton no. blows a 15-point lead in the second half to this Richmond team. That that uh, Gilliard's a good player, but that Golden guy who uh, who is good it annoys the bejesus out of me for whatever reason. But uh, Davidson, Davidson's really good. This might actually be the best team that McKillop has had there that does not have Steph, that didn't have Steph Curry on
1: it. Their top ten and adjusted really, offense.
0: They're really good. Uh, Lee. Their best player, really good player, has the odd shot where he's almost basically touching the ball on his head when he when he shoots a three pointer, but it works. That's a really good. That's another team I mentioned Loyola before. If you're if you're on that six line, and Davidson when Davidson loses tomorrow, by the way, Davidson should be in regardless tomorrow. They shouldn't even be in Dayton. Forget that. Yeah. They should be in the bracket pretty easily, even if they lose to Richmond tomorrow. That's a team. If you're a six, a seven. Mm. You're pretty frustrated if you draw, draw this team. This is—they're dangerous because they're really good offensively. They're better defensively than than than, than people give them credit for. Uh, I, I'm not going to bet this game. Uh, I'll probably throw Davidson some money line parlay with with Purdue. Uh, would be would be the guess into how I play this tomorrow.
1: Davidson is low as minus 170 on the yeah, money line. Yeah,
0: look, that Davidson team's good. They're they're really really good. And and look again. Uh, it's funny that I despise his Richmond team this year as much as I do because I love Chris. Yeah, Mooney. No, we always have Chris, been on Chris the Chris Mooney, Mooney bandwagon. Chris Mooney is a really good basketball coach. With the exception
1: they, of that time they ran into Omar Samhan and St. Mary's. Yeah, or, they, or, or, they've, been or, a, they've been a trustworthy or, team in the postseason.
0: Or or that conference tournament almost a
1: decade ago against Charlotte, where they got called
0: for four tees and one fell swoop, and they forgot. I forgot, I I forgot about way. Way. that. Uh, but oh. uh, but no, hey, look, uh, I, I uh, if you made me bet. Spread, I would probably lay with Davidson. They were awfully impressive, just running slew out of the building today. One by today.
1: fifteen today. Yeah,
0: yeah and that, the, the final score was not indicative of how big of a beatdown it was. So, uh, but I would, I would, I, I expect Davidson to win. They'll be in a line parlay tomorrow. In, a, guess. in
1: the plus three thirty to three fifty range to win the eight ten 10 tournament. The, file this one under the. Uh, the throw our hands up yeah, games the, that uh kind
0: of missed the boat on that one. In
1: all honesty, well, I have to say too, from the Lenardi projections, he's got St. Mary's Davidson as a six-eleven, which is in thanks,
0: it. thanks. If the committee does that, you might as well just not like just throw up just,
1: the double think throw up the double birds, yeah, uh, that committee.
0: Re- I will just say, do it. hey, and it's a shame too, because like St. Mary's, St. Mary's is really good. Like this is, I, yeah. I, I know Bennett had the one team that they had, obviously the delvadova team mm-hmm. that made the Sweet Sixteen. This team better than that. That St. Mary's team is really
1: good. They're really good. This- I, that conference is good. That's a fair, really that's a fair statement. The conference yeah. is really good as a whole. I mean, you think about the the Randy Bennett teams. If you're just if you're just going by you know his his raw efficiency numbers, I mean, this team is significantly better than than, uh, than the last Sweet Sixteen team he took, which was that 2010 uh, Gales team. So that's the, we discussed that Davidson Richmond matchup. That is our A10 tournament final one Eastern tomorrow at the same time. We'll have another tip-off in Tampa Bay where the SEC tournament wraps up. You were talking a little bit about this earlier, Jeff. We don't need to belabor the point, but I, I, we know the side, for those of you who have been with uh, with us on the show tonight, we know what side you're going to be on, Jeff, but explain again your thoughts on Texas A&M at 1.70 to 1 to win the SEC tournament, catching 6.5 or 7 in some shops, a 130.5 total against Tennessee here who just uh, had the big win today over Kentucky. The big question will be how much do they have left in the tank, but
0: let's face it, today wasn't competitive destroyed Arkansas the whole way through AM and did. Seven's a lot. And for a team that, like, they, they kind of grind you out, even though they haven't really grinded you out, they kind of just beat you with your offense, which is kind of surprising during this run. Seven is too much. I, I, I'm I going to be looking to take the seven. I'm going to be looking to take points in the first half with AM as well. Tennessee, I mean, that's a big, that was a big win today against Kentucky. I mean, I uh, think they, they fouled Sheboy out. They they made plays down the stretch defensively when they had to. That's a, that's a look, that's a really good team that Tennessee has that again, I am kind of rooting for them to play their way into the two line and get in Gonzaga's region. So it's a little bit easier for uh, Gonzaga to get through. I will say that all those numbers on the screen, I wouldn't bet any of them because it's Rick Barnes. You still don't trust Rick Barnes in the NCAA <laughs> tournament, but I, we'll take the seven. We'll take whatever it is in the first half. I, if it's probably three and a half, cause it could probably be six and a half, uh, because I would imagine A&M is going to take some money tomorrow morning. It would be a uh, square or betters will come in and just fire on a dog blindly here. But I think they're, they're game. their game here, Ben. And I think regardless of what happens tomorrow, I think the Aggies have done enough this week that should get them in over some of those bad teams that are like, hey, You'd have to think so. You'd they have to think so. should be in over. They're better than SMU. They're better than Xavier. They're better than Michigan. They deserve to be in the tournament over those
1: teams. They played a 71-possession game in uh, Knoxville earlier, 90-80. to That was, though, in the midst of Texas A&M's seven-game losing streak where they were just awful. But as you point out— They covered that game. They did cover that game. But look, Tennessee, after the loss at Kentucky, where they didn't even look like they should be in the same area code of a team of Kentucky's ilk, have now beaten them twice— they beat them uh, by 13 at home and then, and then pull away today to win by seven. Look, Tennessee is the profile
0: to be a team that can make the Final Four. They do, but it's it's Rick Barnes. I'm sorry, we don't trust Rick Barnes in March. That's just the way it is. And and, they, and the one other thing with Tennessee that scares me too is their offense is – they're kind of like Texas Tech where their defense is phenomenal, but their offense is susceptible to, to going on five, six-minute droughts. You do that in the tournament, you're in trouble regardless of who your opponent is. And especially if it's a good opponent, you could be in real trouble if you do that in an NTA tournament that's spot. What, but, that's
1: what happened last year, and they were blown, blown out by
0: Oregon uh, State you know, as a five-seed last yeah, year. Yeah, that, uh, that was a non-competitive basketball game, and uh, Oregon State winning as many games in the tournament last year as they did in the regular season this year.
1: But the fact stuff. that Oregon State, Georgia Tech, and Georgetown – those three ridiculous conference tournament winners combined for zero quad one wins between the three of them this year. <laughs> Can you believe it's that? Amazing, it's amazing. I mean, Georgia Tech last year was at least good. At least, they, yeah, they were. At least solid.
0: Georgia Tech lost like their good players this year. Oregon State is essentially the same roster and won 30 games. They were in the elite eight. They were in the elite eight.
1: It's incredible. I, yeah, I'm still at a loss. Three, I still can't believe I. I've, I've, I mean, after winning my bet with Loyola last year over Illinois, losing to Oregon State, it was still, still kind of grinds my ears a little bit. Uh, <laughs> we have one more game still to preview: Memphis Houston AAC tournament final. We'll talk about that next. Update as we're about to halftime here in the Big West tournament final game of the night. We'll discuss those next here on Visa Bet Center. This is Beth Center on v the sports betting network. The college basketball season is in full swing. We have selection Sunday tomorrow after. Also grab a five-hour energy to stay alert to watch all your favorite games, or if you stayed up late to see that intense overtime game, take a five-hour energy shot in the morning so you can energize your day with zero sugar and an unbeatable blend of vitamins, nutrients, and caffeine. It's the perfect pick-me-up for getting stuff done. Go to fivehourenergy.com to find over fifteen flavors to choose from. With flavors like grape, tropical burst, cherry, blue raspberry, and more, there's a flavor for everyone. Get a five-hour energy today. I'll admit, Jeff, I, I did take my first sip of five-hour energy uh, yesterday, after basically not sleeping for like four straight days, and I had the I had the New Mexico State Grand Canyon game last night, and I was encouraged by our sideline reporter for ESPN who had like six five-hour energy. She's like, just take like a half of one, and I was. Reluctant. You were good. And I know. I know
0: our guy, our guy Hoops Peterson, who's of course coming up next with the Greg Peterson experience after us. Might as well be a spokesperson. For he you might five as well. hour, Like I uh, don't drink coffee,
1: hour. I don't do anything, and I was like, I was, I was barely keeping the eyelids, you know, open on my drive over to uh, Orleans. So. There you go. It was smart. Thank you, Five Hour Energy. We we did it. Uh, we in in a game though that has total that has drastically turned since we last updated it. Last game of the night, uh, Greg Hoops Peterson coming up next on the Greg Peterson experience. He'll update you because this, this will not end by the time we're off the air here in about a half hour, but. Long Beach State and Cal State Fullerton. The beach got up big early. They led 29-15. And then the Titans and Jeff, on a 17-2 run to take a one-point lead into the half, 32-31 right now. I'm waiting to see here a, a halftime line get posted. Remember, we double-dipping. I, I mean, I have to think you are. The Long Beach State was plus one and a half. A pregame looks like they are going to be plus one and a half. Uh, looks like a Fullerton minus a half here for the second half. Yeah, that so makes that makes sense. You are going with the double dip, Jeff, on the beach uh, already. I got to do a little more diving on this before he's doing we do the anything, dive. But but I, I uh, what they, a game of runs though. That uh, looked like uh, Long Beach was in, in total command, even though they weren't shooting the ball that well with good defense. And then all of a sudden, Fullerton, who was off to a horrible shooting start, finishes the half eleven to twenty one from field, and they uh, and they go four from ten from three. I might take this game over the second half, actually. Oh, right. I'm seeing 71 or 71 uh, and a half, which yeah, puts us in I'm, that 1 134 uh, yeah. or, I'm I, I'm in, I, in that sort of range. I might
0: do it. that. The only issue is that Fullerton shot over 50% when this was all said and done, but there were a lot of turnovers in that half. Teams combined 19 for combined, 19, yeah. that's a lot. There weren't many free throws. Well, 13 free throws about average for a half. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I might end up just stay, staying off and just riding out what I had with the beach in the uh. You already have in it, the pregame. All right, yeah. that is, yeah, it, we look up. I mean, we <laughs> beach looking great, yeah, and it's all mostly, of a sudden they're down mostly, one at it's the It's mostly uh, fuller to minus two right now for the game, so fuller to minus one, half yeah. a half.
1: All right, that is our one halftime uh, game. We have one more game still to get to, though, for the card tomorrow, Jeff. That is in the AAC, the uh, American Athletic Conference, where we get a rematch here, and it's, it's the rare spot where Houston, who came in, Minus 180 favorites to win that conference tournament. Uh, they go into the title game as they were a massive favorite today. Earlier, Jeff against Tulane, but taking on a Memphis team who has beaten them twice, including what we just saw last weekend when a shorthanded Houston team went to Memphis on their senior night and lost pretty handily by 14 points. That was after a 10-point home loss back in February. We are seeing in this one, Jeff, as you see on your screen, Houston minus four, pretty much everywhere in the market with 133 and a half, some 134s. Out there, interesting rematch here given what we've seen between these two so far. So, so, so Torvik actually, since Imani Bates disappeared, basically
0: has Memphis is the second best team in the country. Wow, since Imani or, or uh, Amani Bates uh left it basically left the program. Look, the problem hasn't been talented Memphis all year, they've been very talented the whole year. The problem has been Penny Hardaway, who was a bad to medi- a mediocre to bad coach, or as Greg Peterson has said, the worst coach in the country. Uh, at, at times this year. I Ben, I will ask you this. Are we sure Houston is good? Are we sure the Cougars, with the injuries they have sustained, the Sasser one being the biggest
1: one? Yes, only 12 games this year for are Sasser. We,
0: are we sure that this version of the Houston Cougars are worthy of the five seed that they are seemingly going to get in the NCAA tournament? And I know the metrics. I know Ken Palm. I know Torvik. I know all those metrics are, love this team but i think it's a product of the the league stunk and they hammered the bad that, that league that is not any good and the only teams that the only team that really played them well was the only other real good team in that league and that good team beat them twice and i think that good team is going to beat them for a third time tomorrow so You're taking yeah, it with yeah, uh, with yeah, Memphis. Yeah, I, I like Memphis. I, I think they're gonna I think they're gonna beat them again. They're just a better basketball team. You can give me points with a better team. Thank you very much. So that's how I feel about that. I, I look Houston is on the fade list for me. And it, it's funny to say that with again, a team that has great metrics and a team that has a great coach. But I don't think this team's any good. I think if if, if they're living on they're living on making a Final Four last year and just racking up wins against bad competition this year.
1: I still remember, I mean, benefiting from that massive comeback against Rutgers of all teams last year in the second round. I thought I was dead in the water with my should Houston, have, you know, Houston final four ticket. Oh, I, Miles I, Johnson I, makes I the dunk
0: and the game is over.
1: I know. But here's the thing. Would you still be in auto-fade Houston mode if they draw, as Joe Linardi has suggested, the Michigan Xavier winner Yeah, the I first would, four?
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, I, if, that ha- if that happens, I'll be uh, throwing, throwing something out the window by the time uh, that shows up on <laughs> the right. board. I would actually consider taking Michigan against them, actually. Michigan actually can match up because
1: they have the talent. I mean, is Michigan not of all these teams on the bubble, and especially when you factor in the Juwan, everything that's happened with Juwan Howard and the media narrative in general around them, are they not this year's perfect team of, like, they don't deserve to be here, and they absolutely, at the same time, could very easily make a run? Look, look, here's the weird
0: thing with Michigan. If you put them in, I'm not going to be upset. Like, I don't think they've done enough to get in, but if they get in, I'm like, all right, well, we're one of the coin flip teams that, you know what? I don't have that huge of an issue as opposed to, again, if Xavier makes the tournament, it's a farce. Cause that yeah. team is that team resume. Isn't that good to begin with? And on top of it, they have been in horrible form recently, which should count for something rather have Texas a and M who's rattled off three straight wins against two against really good competition. One against a bubble team that thankfully fallen off because Florida is not any good, but now nah, look you. Uh, you're not wrong on Michigan. If, if the, uh, the other first four teams as of now, Wyoming, who I'm concerned about E.K. holding up against against big, good interior post presences. No,
1: Wyoming, SMU would be a bet on Ah, uh,
0: That would be a bet Wyoming. on Wyoming, yeah. yes. That would be a bet on Wyoming, if that were to match up, yes. But I have a soft spot for Wyoming. No, I think, I I think Wyoming, I think those two guys, Maldonado and E.K. are really good. I just, the concern that I have when E.K. has gone up against the, the good interior defenses of that league, he has had his struggles a darn good player mm-hmm. i think a matchup great with smu if that were to be the matchup i don't think smu deserved to be in either okay so you beat houston by two points in a game where houston choked away a double-digit lead Woohoo! Woohoo! Jeff Parles, that doesn't not me. a fan of you the aac
1: eight, you blew an 18-point lead to Missouri. you don't deserve to be in the tournament now that is now that co- does qualify <laughs> that is that is easily qualifiable slander we uh we are giving out uh we in the midst of all the craziness today again we're down to one last game still going Cal State Fullerton up one at the half on Long Beach State right now. And as we were mentioning, uh, Fullerton minus one for the second half. So laying two there for the game. We've, we've wanted to get our give our, our thoughts here on all of these conference tournament champions from earlier in the day we've not gotten to. The last one, Jeff, the last one we cross off our list. The MAC Metro Atlantic Athletic Conference, uh, which began the week with a bang with Iona. Uh, the massive upset going down. The one seed losing in the quarterfinals outright as a huge favorite. Open the door. For the Peacocks of St. Peter's, and they mm-hmm. get the job done today now, over Monmouth, 60 to 54. Cover the closing number of three. They were about three to one, plus 280 in some shops to win that tournament. Uh, and so it's going to be St. Peter's now. A lot of people are excited about the the prospect of another year of of Iona in the tournament, and uh, we're not going to get it, Jeff.
0: Yeah, that that that, that, that stinks. That Iona. It's unfortunate that, that Iona blew that game to a Rider team that was just bad most of the year, and Iona choked. As simple as that, they choked in that game. But I will say this, it is, the Peacocks are a worthy, worthy conference tournament champion. They're really good defensively. They're top 35 in the country. Sheehan Holloway, I'm kind of surprised. I, in year four now, they've gone over 500. They inherited, a, again, it's a horrible situation there. It's a, a, a program that has no money. It is They play in basically a high school gym in Jersey City.
1: The Yanatelli Center.
0: Yeah, and they just... It's a really difficult job, and all he's done is now the last three years been over 500 all three of those years, and now in the NCAA tournament in year four, Shaheen Holloway is probably going to get a, a a good, better than St. Peter's job on the East Coast at some point. Uh, I, again, the problem that they'll have is they will they will struggle to score against a good team. Uh, they they more than likely. That might be a good team total under if it's the right matchup. So. Uh, yeah, Assuming it's not too low. They're more than likely a 15
1: seed. Currently have the Auburn matchup would be 215 with uh, with Lenardi. Hey, uh, St. Peter's back in 2011. I remember my dad took St. Peter's in his bracket. Uh, they lost to Purdue as a, as a 14 seed. But, I mean, John Dunn, their last coach, he got the, the Marist job from that. Surprising he wouldn't have gotten yeah, a, kind a larger the, the kind, the kind position. That
0: kind, kind of shows, like, Marist, which is not a great job, same conference. Right. And you leave St. Peter's. For that. Again, that just shows how hard that job is at St. No, Peter's. No question. Uh, and again, just how good of a job Shaheen Holloway has done. And also, King Rice at Monmouth
1: has done a really good job multiple years running. Yeah. Of course, they fall short today. All right. Peacocks are back in the dance, though. First time in over a decade. We'll be back. Wrap things up. Last segment of Easton Bet Center coming your way next.
0: Best Center on v
1: the Sports Betting Network. Look your best and draft your best with the Just for Men March Basketball Series. Draft a winning lineup in two free-to-play contests for your shot at a share of $10,000 in total prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash JFM. Now to join the action, terms and conditions, and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details, back with the rest of our outstanding crew here at our Circus Sportsbook Studios in downtown Las Vegas with Jeff Parles. Ben Wilson with you for the final time. One more game for us to sweat out this on this Saturday night, Jeff. You've got uh, Long Beach State. They're about to tip things off there in the second half. 32 31. Cal State Fullerton at the break in our Big West tournament final with Fullerton a two point favorite here coming into this second half. After uh, there's, there's our look, some one and a halfs out there as well. That was the closing number. On that one tonight and then the five tomorrow, Jeff, and boom, we're into the tournament. I mean, like, it's going to happen really, really quickly. Uh, I need to know, like, for your, from your perspective, because you are you somewhat unique in that you're, I mean, you're looking to play futures, you know, the entire stretch of the regular season. A lot of, of our casual viewers or betters are, who might be just tuning in now and coming out of football season with not a lot of futures in play, wanting to figure out, all right, if there is value, where do you attack from the futures perspectives? How do you balance that with if, if you've had any other earlier play? So as we get in here to Selection Sunday tomorrow, Jeff, Selection Sunday on the East Coast already. Uh, by the way, where do you stand? Like, what's your what's your pro- portfolio profile with your uh, futures tickets? Well, here the, in the, pocket? The,
0: the, look, the, the the two bigger one, the two biggest ones are Auburn and Arizona. What I have, uh, have Jeff? a little, I have a little bit of Kentucky, but not at a great number. Uh, have uh, have ten to one there, but look, it's. A really really Arizona's the ticket I feel the best okay. of right now, just because they're gonna be a one seed. They just look very good this whole week again. They've been great all year. They're thirty and three. Like any other year, they're they're the clear number one team. But because of Gonzaga's dominance, they're gonna not even be that's kind of how ridiculous this is. We for years and years and years been. It was always, oh, we gotta ship the weakest number one to the West. Because all the the pal- the balance of power is east of the Mississippi. Now, you legitimately have two teams out west where you have Arizona's going to have to play uh, in San Antonio or Chicago, which is kind of amazing yeah, that yeah, that has happened. Right. But uh, uh, look, uh, Arizona, again I, I, again, I still have a few things that I'm questioning with them of how is Tommy Lloyd going to handle coaching in the NCAA tournament for the first time as a head coach? How is the youth going to handle this spot where, look, they're you are going to be the favorite to win their region, regardless of who's in it. Even if Kentucky happens to be there, Arizona's going to be the favorite to come out of either the South or the Midwest. How do they handle it at this point? My Auburn tickets, I do not like the way they have played the last few weeks. I just, the Jabari Smith is awesome, but that guard, the guard play that when Johnson and green were good earlier in the year, Auburn was winning games regardless. Uh, uh, If Smith was having off nights or not, if Smith has an off night, they're in trouble. And we've talked about it all the year too. They were the best team in the country when they played at home. When they were away from Auburn Arena, they're very good, but they're beatable. And we saw that the other day in uh, in Tampa. We saw that the last few weeks in SEC play where they lost a bunch of road games. Uh, that Auburn future is a little more on shaky yeah. ground. Even though, again, I have a better number than what you're going to get right now. 16-1 is better than what mostly 12-1 to that's out there. And look, Auburn gets put in the region with Kansas.
1: Stopping them from coming out of that region. Yeah. Like who knows? It's just when you watch them though, and you have a potential number one NBA draft pick, and you surround him with the collection of guys who have the look of of self entitlement that they are just as important as him. Like there's something well, something well, off well, with that. Well, look, look, look. Katie Johnson had a historically
0: bad game on Friday. Historically bad. It Went 0 for 14 from the field. That's historically that bad. Uh, for, for most shots in an SEC tournament game without a make. Not good, Ben. Uh, but I no. like Katie Johnson. I mean, you're going to need Katie Johnson. You're going to need Wendell Green. Uh, Walker Kessler is a pretty darn good fourth piece to have on a team. So, look, they're, they're very talented. They do lack a little bit of depth. I don't love their depth. Uh, but, look, I like Bruce Pearl. I mean, that, that team to make the Final Four in 2019, if they don't commit the foul in the corner, I think they, they're in the national championship game in 2019 with a team that uh, I think is was worse than this team this year. So, look, uh, it, it's a guy who knows how to coach. Uh, despite the the NCAA violations, Bruce Parle's is a
1: really darn hey, good coach. Can't, you cannot deny. You, can't you cannot deny. From back in his days at UW Milwaukee in the mid 2000s, the, the level of I have co- of his coaching skill. Yeah, I just want you know for for now, as we get into this, if like for, you know, for our purposes, trying to f- pick a winner here. The reality, though, is at least for us, Jeff, and it's just because I mean I, you know, we view things sort of differently, in you know the, the general media sense is, All right, just pick a winner, find value on the odds board, and roll with it. Uh, to me, Jeff, my only futures I will be playing once the bracket is released, I will be betting teams to make the Sweet 16 and teams, uh, maybe one team to make the Final Four. I, I don't know how you felt about this, but at least to me, traditionally, those have been the ways you find value at this yep. point in the year where things are so uh, so tied down. I would say, though, like the you know, the whole game theory type bracket strategy this year, I have having watched Arizona a bunch. And I mean, like I, I said this earlier, you were the first one to kind of open my eyes to the Wildcats. I am so tempted to go all in on Arizona this this stretch. I really am, and, and solely because yeah. we have a couple of just bland, tired narratives that are really the only thing people can hold up on them, and it's the youth and it's the lack of experience at head coach that they can point to as being historical markers. But again, I mean, every every year we see things change, and this year, if of any year, feels like one that is is ripe for something like Arizona, who checks off every box analytically to make a run.
0: No, look, Arizona's. I mean. <laughs> Again, it's a dumb thing to say, but their ceiling is as high as any, is the highest of anyone in the country. Because when you have a top 10 offense, a top 10 defense, oh, and by the way, you're playing at a fast pace. So you may have teams that aren't used to playing at a fast pace lose their minds when playing you and are also capable of winning rock fights because of that defense, man. It's a really hard mix to beat. Again, it just really does come down to again, how does the first time head coach and Tommy Lloyd handle coaching in March? And again, you're dealing with a very young team. In Tucson very very young team but hey 30 and three and they seemingly and the one other thing that's important too they seemingly got the really bad performance against the against the mediocre team out of the way the Colorado that man, Colorado yeah. loss I, I, again it, it sounds stupid saying it out loud but that may not have been a terrible development that they got the shot in the arm then it's like oh we don't show up every day. We can't be beaten by anyone who's somewhat good. Guess what? Colorado gave him a pretty nice fight last night. Uh, even though Arizona ended up covering all numbers, but uh, look, that's that team is as well set up as anyone. Again, it really depends on the draw because I'm just I'm curious to see, as there's always we always have the group of death in in the World Cup. <laughs> yeah, we we always we, do. Get, we always get a bracket that is like, what in the world did the committee here? Why did they saddle? And saddle a one, saddle this bracket with the best two, three, and four, or the best five, five, six, seven teams. Like there are, there are plenty of ways that you see the committee do things that don't make sense. If Arizona ends up in the bracket of death, which is not impossible, especially if they end up in the mm-hmm. south and the committee does something weird, like. Oh, Baylor you lost in your first Big 12 game. Let's give you the 2 seed with Arizona. <laughs> that would be something uh, that yeah. would be be idiotic and would be harmful potentially to Arizona's uh long-term standing in the tournament. That would be one of the matchups where I think a team could actually handle playing Arizona would be Baylor.
1: Yeah. Well, look, a team only Green Bay, Temple and Dayton, younger in the entire 358 team uh Division 1 than Arizona as we show the the projected uh, number one seeds there. I remember we did this exercise last year as well, Jeff. The the question of which team can you already tell is going to give you a massive headache slash betting nightmare in the tournament. I remember saying three weeks before Selection Sunday, Maryland is going to be the team that just, I knew in advance would screw me. <laughs> that didn't stop me from betting UConn to make the final four. And then we all know what happened. And it, it was just a not fun experience where there was... In-game wagers made, pre-game, the futures that were already invested in UConn and, and I lost against Maryland. Who's who's the team that, again, setting since we don't know matchups, who's the team that you have had a really hard time having a pulse on that is going to be in the dance that you don't have a good feel for that you are uh, you are already setting as your, your well, team well, well, of well, doom?
0: Well, it got a little more difficult today. LSU was one of them, but it's Texas because they have a coach that I love, Chris Beard. Yeah but that roster is put together so bizarrely where they have good big guys. And Marcus Carr was this great scorer in Minnesota, and he's been mediocre at best this year. And they're probably going to be a five seed that will draw either the play in 12 or a good mid-major conference champion 12. And it wouldn't shock me if Texas rolls whoever that first team is and makes a sweet 16 and gives a one seed hell or even beats a one seed. Or they go out in the first round. I have no idea what to make of them. That's the one team that it's going to be really difficult. The one team I'm going to like a little bit more and they could very easily combust and go out in round one is UConn. That UConn team is immensely talented. They're probably going to be on a five line. Them losing to UAB in a 12 over five wouldn't shock me.
1: No, it would not. Could I have been a year too early on UConn? (laughs) Perhaps I mean I I won't I won't be brave enough to live through the potential of that uh, but hey we'll see it's gonna be hey, a, well, no, gonna soon be a, uh, enough man no soon six enough. hours of live coverage for you tomorrow right up to selection Sunday and hey for the next three hours we've got our guy Greg Hoops Peterson it's the Greg Peterson experience coming up next right here on Veasan the sports betting network that does it for us tonight for Jeff Parles I'm Ben Wilson thanks to our producer Brian Ortega everybody behind the glasses we say so long right here on Vison Bet Center.